Hi gorgeous, welcome to Fitness and Mimosas, a podcast of girlfriends from around the world who lift up each other, celebrate each other, and embrace our own definition of beautiful. So let's go ahead and put down our kettlebells, slide into a pair of sexy slitters, and have a great time. Welcome to the party! <laughs> hey beautifuls, welcome to this week's Fitness Mimosas. So this week... Um, I have a little bit of a small disclaimer, well, really two of them. The first one is I apologize about my side of the audio, so once again, I'm, I'm still trying to work out the kinks here, so please bear with my voice sound a little bit underwater, um, but Sammy's voice you hear perfectly and crystal clear, so it's just like the rest of my interviews. Initially, when I was recording it, I had to work out a few of the kinks, so I'm still doing that, but thank you for bearing with me. Um, two... This is podcast is about what it's entitled, um, and it's about empowering. It's about femininity. It's about sex work. It's about um, just valuing yourself, handling how to handle rejection, how to stand out on your own. And I invited Sammy to this to this show. When I talk about sex in the city meets fitness meets life. This is something I really do live and breathe. <laughs> like, I really do live and breathe uh, supporting each other, not just on social media, but to me, social media is just another extension of the support. You know, the same thing goes for this podcast. Like, this to me is our sister circle. So, um, Sammy and I put this together in love. I asked her if she'd be willing to, you know, co-host me on this episode. And so we put this together in love. And I'm going to ask that if you could just listen to it and be open to it and receive it in love. And whether or not this goes along with like, if you're like, oh, no, like totally against it, then I understand, beautiful. I still hold you in love. I'm just going to ask you to please not press play, <laughs> okay, because this is my girlfriend, and we're all girlfriends, so I don't just stand opposite them, I stand beside them, and there's actually a third thing here, so what I should have done before and I didn't was look up Pacific links for those who are in sex work, and it's dangerous, and I need to get out of it. So in the show notes, I've listed a few different resources which you can go to. You can even hear the conversation. I'm like, ask Sam this. I'm like, oh, wait, I should have pulled up the links beforehand. Um, so I mentioned one during the show, show, but in the show notes, I have it listed because this is something where Sammy, you know, was willingly like went into it and she had like for her it was empowering as part of her journey but it's not going to be that way for every woman so I, if there's someone who's in a situation and needs to get out I want to make sure you have the tools to be able to do that but enough of me blabbing now I'm like three minutes of me blabbing here enough of me blabbing let's pour this champagne let's have some fun I love this conversation it was so open and it was it was just absolutely amazing and um Sammy also on the side, she does makeup. So we didn't talk too much about this during the show, but her work is absolutely amazing. And you can find her on Instagram at Lady Toe Head. So L-A-D-Y-T-O-E-H-E-A-D. So without further ado, here's a gorgeous Sammy. Hey, beautifuls. Welcome to Fitness Mimosas. And today I have my girlfriend, Sammy, with me. 
Welcome, Sammy. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. <laughs> if anyone follows me on Instagram, you'll notice every Wednesday I have a Woman Crush Wednesday. And this is my sister from another mother. So this beautiful woman was my first Woman Crush Wednesday. And when you meet her and after this podcast, you will understand she is so down to earth. Um, I always say she looks sort of like a gothic pinup doll because her makeup is absolutely perfect, and she just has this quiet grace about herself. So she owns her area. She steps into it with self-worth, self-love, and she's just unapologetically herself, and that's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing. So I wanted to be able to share her with you guys. So welcome again, gorgeous. I'm happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. I love it. I love it. So could you just tell us a little bit um, just about you and about your background? Yeah, of course. Um, well, I studied at the Maryland Institute College of Art. Um, with the, And I ha- now I have a bachelor's degree in fiber. Um, and fiber has to do with textiles. So either the creation of that textile or... Um, designing it, so sometimes printing, sometimes weaving, um, but I also liked sculpture. So I kind of took that to my own, um, and around 2015, um, I started my journey, well, short-lived journey into sex work, and that's what I started making um, my senior thesis about. So Um, I... Sorry, not to interrupt. I just have to say I love and I respect so much um, what you've brought just to the table, just in terms of, like, providing a different look at it. Um, Because I think a lot of times it's something that's stigmatized, and I wish I said this in the beginning, too. Like, a lot of times I feel like that's something that people put into a box. And Mm -hmm. I love the fact that you're just so – like empowering, like this is my body and this is like the freedom to be me. So I really, I really admire that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I like even from a child, I kind of like struggled with being put into a box that type of way where like don't wear this, do that, which I feel like a lot of women go through that where our bodies are policed. Yeah. Um, So having to like jump outside that and then I feel like, my journey into that sex work was just kind of fate for me because of how I was always very open about these types of things. So how did you, how were you able to be open or how did you learn to be open? Hmm, That's a great question. Um, I think part of that um, was that my mother allowed me to be um, even at a younger age. She was always, She's always been my number one fan. Um, we've had our issues, but that if anybody were to come for me, Mama Bear is yeah. right there. <laughs> She'd be right there. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, which is where I feel like I also gained that sense of, like, you know, I am here and I'm going to be me. And if you have a problem with it, that has nothing to do with me. Wow. Yeah, I definitely, I see, I admire that because for so long I would take that on, you know, mm-hmm. or even like try and hide my body in clothes just to think it would help me like 
blend into the background. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, which is so easy to do. You know, it's pushed upon us to do that or, like, I, I mean, and it's also, like, it's not even like we have to expose our body to be, like, um, proud of it, you know? Yeah. Like everyone's expression of that is kind of a little bit different. Mine's definitely more exposure rather than hiding. But some people's is a little more hiding, but that's just as empowering to them, which is what I love about, like, just having authority over yourself. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I love, yes. I just want to say amen to that. <laughs> like I, I yeah. That's that's right. like totally, totally it. And how so sometimes I think there's a little bit of a misconception, like, okay, so you're you know, you're doing sex work, so almost I don't know how to say this, almost like, oh well you may not respect yourself or oh this mm-hmm. like can you just talk about about like regardless of what you're doing, whether you're walking down the street, regardless of like what you're doing, that line of having like not necessarily just have respect for your body, but that other people have to have respect for it as well, if that makes sense. Like, that doesn't give them entitlement to who you are. Oh, yeah. And that's, you know, constantly an issue. Um, so I guess, when you know, when I was doing sex work and I became more open about that with, like, friends, family, public, um, I mean, I noticed there's, like, not necessarily backlash from my inner circle but I know from the world for people to be like oh like exactly what you said like you're objectifying yourself how can you do this and I'm like I felt more objectified when I was serving and bartending that I did taking my clothes off in a strip club like I was taking control of the fact that people were constantly sexualizing me yeah Wow. So it's like, and then, you know, and being on the street, I mean, being a woman in general, you are constantly sexualized, no matter what you're doing, what you're wearing. Like, you could be a CEO and you're going to be sexualized by somebody. Yeah. No, it's just, yeah. And so it's just, I mean, for me personally, it's just a matter of, I mean, again, like taking control, which I, because I did, I felt like I didn't have it for so long that I was like, you know what, I'm not going to let you say these things to me or put me in this light unless I'm allowing you to and then if I'm allowing you to probably somehow taking advantage of you for that (laughs) yeah if that makes sense no that totally that totally makes sense and how do you deal with okay so you know because we work together so you know like if someone comes and hits on me I have no idea how to handle it (laughs) like I go back into Okay, homeschool little sheltered girl, you know, like I don't even know how to react, right? But I feel mm-hmm. like you do a good job of being like, okay, so these are the boundaries, like, uh uh-uh. uh. And maybe this just goes along with what you just talked about, but like, how, like, what would your advice be to a woman when you're, to someone hits on you? And it's just, I don't want to say it's life, but it happens. So, how can we handle it with grace when we feel like we're not having to lose ourselves? But we're mm-hmm. also not having to just like bulldogish and dog everyone out. Yeah, um, I mean it's all dependent upon your own comfort zone. I think first off would be like to start practicing just saying no in general, mm-hmm. like and to create boundaries because I feel like that's what I had to do because I've like I'm a people pleaser and that you know just want to make sure everybody's happy, but 
after so much of that, like we begin to lose our own happiness. So to start mm-hmm. saying no in general, mm-hmm. and then from that, you can kind of, you know, if somebody comes up and they're making you uncomfortable, you can think to yourself, no. Yeah. And just remind yourself, you don't like this. So, yeah. and then depending on how you handle situations, like me, I, I would be aggressive, but not everybody's aggressive. So how you would respond is kind of like figure out how you are most comfortable saying no, which could be, you're making me uncomfortable and I would like you to stop. Oh my goodness. See, you need to write a book on this. <laughs> I know, no. Yeah. Well, well maybe. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you do. I think, listen, because I don't think we talk about that enough. And I just know about it from like watching, and this sounds silly, but when I watch Magic Mike XXL, for me, it helped to like raise my eyes to. I don't want to say, like, hmm, I'm trying to think what the words. So when I watch that movie, and I've been watching, like, over and over again, but there is this level of respect within the sex industry that you see in that movie that you don't always hear about in real life. And my business coach, she was a stripper for nine years, and I think she she said she asked for the dance, like, over 300,000 times, you know? Mm-hmm. And she told no. So I think just, like, the different layers of what she was able to take out of that. Like here, that was about, with my business coach, it was about business and she'd be able to take out so many business lessons where now she has both the sex book practice out of it. I know it's the movie Magic Mike XXL came out. I didn't even realize it, but apparently they were saying that it did a lot for the industry because of how it like depicted that. So it's just the layers to it are more than pe- what people might initially think to themselves and face value, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I also feel like there's, like, the Magic Mike, all of those movies, like, that helped, but also, like, this now, like, overexposure that sex workers are allowing themselves to have on social media as Um. well. Like, um, someone specifically that I really love to follow on Instagram um, is Jack the Stripper. She makes comics about... Um, being a stripper and in the life of a stripper, how to be like a prettiest customer um, and all those types of things. And it really taught it like it shows how like we're there for each other, but it also shows all of the stuff that we have to deal with, whether it be obnoxious or unsafe um, circumstances. So it's like a community. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, I I mean, anybody who, and I feel like this happens at a lot of jobs also, like, you know, you kind of, you you form bonds with the people that you have stuff in common with or that you connect with. And that's no different in sex work. Yeah. What would you say was the hardest, if you feel comfortable talking about it, what would you say was one of the hardest moments and most difficult aspects of it? Um, probably creating boundaries, not only in the workplace, but between the workplace and out in my regular life as well. Um, Um. trying to figure out where the balance, like where was Sammy versus where was Amber and Amber was my, um, my name that I used for sex work. So I feel Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) 
Um, oh, just one last thing about that. Like, just because being new, you're still figuring out how everything goes within that job. So trying uh-huh. to figure out what you're willing to, because your boundaries are going to be different than someone else's. So like, while I'm trying to learn from other people, because there's no like, this is how you do it. I'm also right. learning what I don't like. Mm. Yeah. How did you create like, okay, this is Amber and this is Sammy. Because I feel like that's something that we all have is that mm-hmm. I like to learn the hard way. It's not a good idea to bring Jasmine to all situations. So sometimes I bring out, I call her Lola Dade. <laughs> sometimes she yes. steps into play. <laughs> so mm-hmm. how did you learn how to delineate between the two? Um, honestly, by making mistakes <laughs> is how I yeah. made my boundaries. Like sharing yeah. too much with, cu- probably sharing too much with customers, being too open, not having, like allowing Sammy and Amber to cross too much was when I learned how to keep them separate. Um, like that I didn't need to be both all the time because in their own sense, they were one within each other. Which oh, does that, that make sense? Yeah. I, I wanna, girl, I want to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That's powerful. What would you say is the most, so if that was the hardest lesson, what was the... I guess the most beautiful lesson of us, like the most powerful takeaway that you got from the experience. Um, that I have bodily autonomy and that no matter what, no matter how far I'm pushed or how uncomfortable or un- I can feel that at the end of the day, I can walk away from any situation that I don't like. Mm. Do you have any advice for anyone who, um, just about the industry in general? Um, yeah, do your research before you go into it. Um, okay. So, I mean, there's so many, I, the internet is so accessible and there's so many online platforms now to either watch YouTube tutorials or to actually contact people in the industry um, because mm-hmm of it becoming a little more transparent now, I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, you know, easy money, I can do that. And really, it's it's a lot harder than people think. Um, and you really have to be able to take care of yourself before mm-hmm. you can go into that line of work because that's that was part of my problem. I wasn't, I was giving too much of myself and not in a physical way like my body, but my mental state. Yeah, and I think that's something that I see, I hate to say it, like just about everywhere, (laughs) like even looking back in history, I feel like as women, we're sort of, in a way, all connected to the standards or the cycles that were set before us, you know, and that a lot of times it's us pouring ourselves out, and then it's like we have nothing left, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Just thinking about it is like heartbreaking. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. Like, I didn't know the story behind Lady, Lady Godiva. Have you heard that story? No. So, you know, Godiva chocolate, right? Oh, yeah. It's like the most delicious, delectable thing in the entire world. <laughs> yes. 
yes, yes. <laughs> well, apparently she was married to a jerk. And Lady Godiva, I don't know the full story, but Lady Godiva um, was pleading for there to be lower taxes in this town. And so Lord Jerk, because I'm not even going to give him his name or say his name. I'm just going to call him Lord Jerk. Lord Jerk said that he would lower the taxes if she were to get on a horse without her clothes on and ride through the town. And so... Yeah. Yep. Yep. So that's what, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So that's what she did. And all of the townspeople stayed inside. Now, there's different variations to it. One of them says that one person, but this is added later, that one of them says that one person did peek, and his name was Tom, and so that's where, like, the peeping Tom, like, originated. But that's why, I mean, look on Godiva Chocolate, closely, their emblem is a woman riding a horse without her clothes on. And um my my face I, right now, my jaw is dropped. I'm like, oh what? <laughs> right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's just like insane, right? Yeah. Like it's like, just like, like, my, like my favorite chocolate is like has this whole nother meaning to it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I mean, but it so far. I mean, it doesn't get bad, does it? It seems like a great meaning so far. Yeah, yeah. It's just, I mean, that's all I know of the story. But I didn't even know about this. But then when I think about it, I feel like in a way, not to be so woo-woo, but I feel like in a way we're all sort of connected. So I feel like maybe we lose our femininity because of just being over-sexualized in ways sort of like that, you know? And it's okay to be feminine and sensual and to be sexual, but to have the balance between the three and know what, what differentiates each of the three from each other, you know? So Absolutely. That's my- <laughs> I know how great. I did <laughs> No, but, that uh, was amazing. That was amazing. I don't know. But for you, what would you define sexuality versus sensuality versus femininity? I know it's deep. Yeah, it is. Okay. All right. Yeah, take take a moment. I'm sipping um white carbonated white grape from my wine glass here. <laughs> so take a moment. Ooh. I say take a moment. That's a deep question. Yeah. So I think. Yeah, I think if I think about it too much. It, it won't help me. I just have to go and kind of word vomit this and hope that it makes sense. No, go. Go for it. You got it. Yeah. Because I feel like I talked about this in some of that work that I made in college. So I kind mm-hmm. of, so I'm going to kind of um, connect sensuality with intimacy, mm. um, which is very different from sexuality. Um, and that's something that I talked about a lot. Like, creating false intimacy that people or like that sexuality can create a false intimacy that people then think that they have some sort of connection with you that doesn't necessarily exist to mm. you. Um, so, well, sexuality, I mean, I, immediate thoughts, I think feeling sexy feeling confident, 
Um, I mean, sexuality comes with confidence. Yeah. I feel like. And then sensuality, because I associate that with intimacy, I feel like has to deal with being vulnerable. Mm. Like sexy and vulnerable. Because I feel Thank like you. I'm... Sorry, go ahead, gorgeous. No, no, go ahead. Can you talk a little bit about what vulnerability means to you? Because it's a simple word, but sometimes I feel like we have slightly different definitions just as a society. What does vulnerability mean? To me, um, vulnerability, or what I mean in this context, is emotional vulnerability. Um, Mm. The idea of allowing yourself um, let someone else make you feel safe instead of just, like, having a wall up or a guard up to just kind of, like, peeling a layer back and letting someone into your safe circle. Oh, wow. And how do you do that in a world where, like, yeah, we have social media, but sometimes I feel like social media encourages us to do the opposite because we put on Instagram or on Pinterest what I like to call is Pinterest perfect instead of reality. So how do you peel away the layers? I don't think I would do it on, like, a grand scale, like social media. However, that could always change depending on – because I feel like some people do do that because that's kind of their image is allowing themselves to be somewhat vulnerable. Um, Yeah. But, again, I feel like it's about boundaries. Like, like where is it that you're going to let yourself go or who are you going to let, like, have this part of you? Um, like for, for me, something that's probably one of the most vulnerable things is crying and who I let see me cry. Yeah. Is that kind of thing? I mean, unless like, it's like a, like actual legitimate crying, which not a lot of people see, I feel like. Yeah. But it's like vulnerable. I feel like I'm, I'm going sad with this and I don't necessarily mean to either. It's kind of but like I don't you think, feel. <laughs> but, I think, but I don't think it's wrong to be sad too. Like I think sad gets a negative rep, you know. And yeah, like I now started looking at crying as my detox sessions. I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go detox. <laughs> I'll be back in five minutes. <laughs> nice. Yes. Yes. You know? Yeah. So I maybe mean, it's, it's, like an, a it's an expression that we all need. Like we don't have to be happy all the time. We're allowed to be sad. Yeah. No, it's I agree. Everything in moderation. No, I totally agree. What does femininity mean to you? Oh, I've been thinking about this a lot for the past couple of days. Love um, it. So, and I can't, like, I'm just going to, like, do a little quick synopsis of my journey through thinking this. I kept... Okay like, trying to figure out, like, what does femininity, like, how do I view femininity and, like, relating it to other people, and it was getting really, I was getting really confused, and it was really hard for me, and then I was like, you know what, that's the part of it that that doesn't matter, like, I need to figure out what femininity is for me and me only, because femininity is defined by each of us, Mm -hmm. 
Um, and no, so mine true. is like the ability to be authentically me. Um, and that comes with strength and courage. Oh, that's gorgeous. Thank you. I love that. That is absolutely gorgeous. I'm going to write that now down. The ability to be authentically you. Because I feel like that's, it's really hard. It's really yeah. hard. Like, cause I it know that hard. like I'm, I'm a shy person at first and I don't, that goes with part of my like peeling back the layers. Like I don't like to give my all all at once because I'm afraid of being rejected. So like, that's part of my thing is working on my own femininity and stop filtering myself. Mm. And how do you do it? Because things like, you know, when you said sexuality, you know, falls by with confidence and sens- sensuality with intimacy and femininity is being authentically you. Like, the beautiful words, the beautiful sayings, and it's also so true. But how do you even begin that process? Honestly, I'm not sure because I'm, that's still something that I'm working on. Um, yeah. But let me try and think, like, what have I started with? Um, and I love your transparency and being able to say that, too. It's not like, like, we don't always have to be the Rosie the Riveter or the yes woman with it all figured out. We can be figuring it out as we go. Like, our life can be our, our masterpiece. Right? Right? Thank you. Yeah, I mean, at one point, Rosie the Riveter probably didn't know. So. Yeah. <laughs> yes! <laughs> that is so true. Um, I got, well, I haven't really been meeting new people recently, so that's not really helping with my stopping of filtering myself, but I feel like that's where I kind of want to start. Mm. It's just being like, instead of waiting for people to approach me, I approach people, if that makes sense. No, no, that definitely does make sense because you sort of like growing as far as you can like push it. Yeah, and kind of just, oh, actually, before even that, what I've been working on is being mindful because um, I have anxiety and that's kind of what prompts my shyness and my fear of um, being rejected. So that's part of my social anxiety. So being I've been trying to be mindful of like the things around me of being in the present moment instead of letting my thoughts wander. Mm, That's powerful. Thank you. And how are you doing that? Are you like checking in with yourself like every half an hour to be like, okay, this is where I am. This is all my, this is my surroundings. Or is it sort of like always in the back of your head and you're like, okay, Sammy, stay current. This is where I am. It's definitely a check-in process because my mind wanders rapidly. Mine too. Um, yeah. So definitely like, a, okay, bring yourself back to surface. And if I'm kind of too deep in a thought tunnel, I do that with like, with really simple things, like focusing on my five senses. What do I feel? What do I hear? What do I see? Um, what do I taste? What's the fifth mm-hmm. sense? Oh, wow. Having oh, a brain fart. See, feel, hear. Well, now I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> I I'm like, maybe see, I should just Google it. See, see feel, hear. hear. 
Did you? I got touch. Touch. I don't know. This taste. is going to be our okay. private world. We can have, oh, taste. Yeah. Yes. Okay. There you go. Okay. So it's there you see, go. hear, feel, touch, taste. There we go. So yeah. all those things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then you're it. like, wow, I'm here. And you start to notice these little things around you that's just really beautiful that I feel like a lot of the times we overlook because of, we're, we live in such a busy world. Yeah, we do. We do. It can just fly past us if we don't, like, take the time to just be in the moment. And it's not like we can't, we can't ever get that time back, you know? Yeah. It's what we create. Absolutely. How about... Now, I know this might be a little bit darker, but for anyone who's in the sex industry and they want to get out, are any warnings? Do you have any any stories or any tips for them? Um, something else? Yeah. I, it's, it's hard to transition out because it can become somewhat of an addiction itself because, mm-hmm. of, I mean, all of that, like, instant gratification that you get whether it be like the attention or like the money um I mean my getting out wasn't I I didn't plan it I wasn't really expecting it so I mean I don't have again I don't really have the exact answer for that it's definitely very circumstantial Um, And I know that so many people struggle with this, especially like if they get out and then they do get another job, but then they're frustrated because they're not making the type of money that they want to be making. Um, I will say if you're in any type of situation that you feel unsafe or uncomfortable and you do like you are, you do have the ability to yourself remove from that, go like go to a different club, go to a different website, go to a different wherever until, Mm -hmm. you know you're able to totally leave Um, because at least you're removing yourself from immediate harm's way. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, I feel like I should have looked this up, but I feel like there's definitely a hotline that you can probably call as well or like resources with people to talk to. I know there's a sex workers organization. If you're, um, so I, I know that if, so for anyone's listening, if you are in a bad situation and it's not like, like Sammy's from, I can tell like voluntary, you know, she got into this, but if you're in a situation where you're forced or you don't feel safe, um, I think it's, I know there's a national sex trafficking hotline, but also if you go to R A I N N, dot gov let me double check it but there is a helpline and they can give you resources um to get out so let me make sure that it's oh it's dot dot org r-a-i-n-n dot o-r-g so you know that's awesome. one place and i'm yeah. sure there's another place as well so i should have thought about this before i even asked the question <laughs> so in the show notes I'll I'll list I'll list something just in case because this is about you know we're gonna support each other in all aspects. Yeah, that. absolutely. Yeah, I mean I should have thought about that as well, but that's okay. We'll we'll that's add it in. Okay. Yeah, we'll add it. I was like, yeah. mm, then we'll add it in. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Oh my goodness, I just I just love 
love your openness and your transparency. It is, oh my, it's just awesome. What would you say, so um, I know you know about the, my last bikini competition. I don't know the rest of you girlfriends listening know about it, but when I did my last competition, I got dead last. So I can say I stood on the stage and I was rated as having the worst body ever. Um, and Which is insane. Insane. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, but I mean, so this is the first thing. <laughs> This is just the first thing. It's okay. But um, in the book, my business coach, Erica Lamarck, talks about one day she was rejected. And this guy, like, he just basically turned her down. She asked him if he wanted to dance. He She turned him down, or he turned her down. And it was just sort of like a blow to her. And she ended up, like, curled in the ball, if I remember correctly, she ended up being curled in the ball in the back of the club. And, like, all the rest of the workers who have gathered around her, and they're like, go home, take a bubble bath. But it was just, and she had been denied before and told no before. There's just something about that no, or something about that rejection that just really struck her that time. Do you, did you ever experience any of that? Like, did anyone ever tell you no, and you sort of took it personally? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah, absolutely. And it, it was all dependent upon the day. Mm-hmm. You know, same thing as her. Like, I've, I've been told no plenty of times. I had somebody tell me, mm, I'm just not into alternative girls. I had pink oh hair at gosh. the time. And I was like, I was like, okay, bro. Um, but yeah, there were definitely nights when I like went up into the dressing room and cried. Because I, you know, like I didn't. I wasn't giving myself the love that I needed before I went in there. As in like, whether that be what, you know, what she did, take a bubble bath or do a face mask or eat a pizza or, you know, talk to my, you know, talk to a friend, whatever that may be for you. I wasn't doing it. And how, and how do you do that? Like, how do you have this strong sense of, I guess, self-worth and self-confidence to not let it, like Bobby, like another competition, I got up on stage and like the judges just laughed at me. So how do you be like, okay, this is me, take it or leave it, when it's something so personal as your body, you know? Yeah. How, how First of all, that's so rude. Yeah, that's so rude that they laughed at you. Um, <laughs> Sam, I love you. <laughs> gonna oh come to so angry. <laughs> so angry. Don't get angry. <laughs> Don't get I won't, angry. I won't. But um, but no, I mean. Even in a circumstance like that, like as like, or, you know, like being told no and taking it, you know, or anything that makes you feel like less than a hundred percent and amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's so hard to tell yourself this right then and there, but like just having some sort of mantra, like, you know, like mm-hmm. telling yourself, I am amazing. They just, don't you know their idea of beauty is very you know one-sided and they're wrong because I am beautiful yeah like a a thing that I like to tell myself is that like I am worthy yeah because you are because I feel like there's so many circumstances where we're told that we're not yeah, and that's worthy true. of affection or worthy of feeling beautiful or whatever it may be. And you know what? They're wrong. You are worthy. Yeah. 
Oh, my goodness. I love that. Because I think that's something, like, we all go through, you know? Yeah. It really is. And can you talk a little bit about, like, I feel like as women we judge each other more than we stand together. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. it really breaks my heart. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, it breaks my heart as well. Um, I've. I mean, and I've definitely been that person to be envious and jealous and being like, well, why do you have this and I don't? Um, And, you know, and it's... Me too. I feel like it's not something that we as women are... Like, that's not something that's supposed to be a part of us. Like, it's not something that's ingrained in us. um, Like, it's not in our DNA. It's something that we have been societally led to believe that we need to be against each other because what are they going to do if we're all together? They're going to quake in their boots, you know, like oh they're goodness. afraid. Yes. So they pit us yeah. against each other, whether it be for a partner or for to look this way or to have this job or to have that, like that is how ha- like competition in that sort of the sense is so um, toxic. So it's almost like it was planted in a way. Absolutely. I totally believe that it was. Yeah. No, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. There, um, so one of the other guests, Isabel Palacio, she was on earlier and she was talking about, and I have to re-listen to the interview, but she was talking about how if you look back in history, how things used to be different and then there was some sort of religion where they valued females and they valued femininity a lot more. And seriously, like, I guess a history teacher taught us, but seriously, it just vanished. Like, it was, like, wiped away. And this whole other structure was, like, created. And she was like, you know, I, and I, said, I forgot about that until you asked me about femininity and it just got her thinking about, like, you know, this wasn't the way it always was. Yeah, and it's so depressing that it, that they just wiped it. Yeah, it's crazy. I always say, and I know um, you and I have talked about this before, but most, and when it comes to fitness, you know, most of the training protocols were created by men, and most of the pop, most popular instructors were men. But I always ask myself with the question, like, well, what would fitness look like if the founding um, if uh, Eva Longoria and Halle Berry and Beyonce were the founding mothers of fitness instead. Like, how do you feel like fitness would look like? Um, A million times better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm, like, more comfortable. Like, I feel like people wouldn't be as, like, weary of it, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. and I, I love that you, first of all, I love that you bring that whole idea to the table because I had never thought of it like that. And then the fact that you did, I was just like, wow, you know what? She's right. And <laughs> like, I also feel like I know for personally, like the gym intimidates me or fitness intimidates me or like getting a trainer or anything yeah. like that intimidates me because it's like, it's men. And I'm like, why? Like, I don't want yeah. you to be looking at my body like that and telling me what's wrong with it but if a woman were to do it and be like look you're amazing but blah 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 blah," because you want this like that's I feel like that's so much more empowering I do too like I feel like 
design our bodies to just be like if we were going to Dior, excuse me, or if we're going to Zach Posen or going to like even she, and we're just getting a custom made crown. That entire yeah. process is sexy. Yeah. Like that, and that should be our bodies, you know? That should be our bodies. Absolutely. What, a, what advice would you give to your 11 year old self, and what advice would you give to your 21 year old self? Um, well, 11 year old me, definitely to like enjoy my youth, like stay a kid, stop trying to grow up so fast. Um, cause I, de- <laughs> I like always wanted to be at the adult table or all my cousins were older. So I'm like, I need to be this. I need like, this is what's cool. Like just enjoy it. Like cause yeah. you're, it's, it's going to be gone. Um, yeah. also, that when I was 11 I think that's when yeah that this actually was this was when my grandmother died um who was the second mother to me um so and it was I was at that age where I'm kind of like I used to spend more time with my grandma than my mom for a lot of the time just because my mom was a single working mom yeah um so we had all this these bonding things and then you know 11 year old me I'm in middle school and I'm like oh, you know, I don't want to hang out with grandmas. Like, I want to be with my friends. So, like, I would tell myself, like, cherish family because, you know, you never, you never know. That's true. Um, Yeah. Definitely. And what would you... Sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. No, 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 no. You, you, you go. I'm, pass, I'm passing a champagne glass to you. I think I was about to say, say what you. <laughs> um, like for twenty-one year old self, right? Mhm. Okay, so that wasn't very long ago because I'm, I'm twenty-three now, but. I would definitely. That was the year that I was graduating college, so I would definitely let myself know that I don't like you don't need to have everything figured out right now um yeah but you do need to start planning like as you know 21 drinking age partying having a good time just doing whatever I wanted like I need like start planning girl um yeah and in your planning trust yourself too because yeah you know, I like doubt it, like the doubt of everything of being like, well, is this going to work out? Is this meant for me? Like, just throw that out the window and trust your gut because at the end of the day, you're going to know what's best for you. Yeah, I love that because I, I know in that crux, 21, and I felt the same thing actually when I was 25, I reached periods where I wasn't trusting myself and I felt like Hey, no one told me about this quarter life crisis. I owe Navient so much money. (laughs) (laughs) It makes you think think about it. Do you have any last words of wisdom or last words of advice or anything? Like, I say with social media, with podcasts, what's really cool about this is that this is our way to sort of leave our legacy. So, do you have any last words you want anyone to know? Oh, wow. Um, I know, my bad. I made that, like, super pressureful. I didn't mean, like, <laughs> I didn't mean, like, before we just, like, 
jump off a cliff or something. That was a little bit. That was a little bit intense. That's okay. But like, I work well under pressure, so I love you for it. My bad. You're good. Um, To love yourself, you know, as hard as that may be, sometimes you're amazing, and you know, no one can tell you any different. And if they do, they're dumb. Yeah. Okay. I love it. So ladies, you heard it from the queen herself. So love yourself. Nobody can tell you like who you are and um, be free to be yourself. Like be free to express yourself and own who you are. I love it. Yeah. Be authentically you. Be authentically you. Thanks, gorgeous. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. All right, ladies, thanks so much for listening to the gorgeous family and I discuss fitness and mimosas. Always remember to do you, to be truthful and be authentically you, and to make life beautiful as well as to be your own definition of beautiful. So I hope you have a gorgeous, gorgeous day, and I will talk to you ladies soon. Hey, beautifuls. I just want to thank you so much for listening to the podcast and for all your love. And if you listen to the show, this means that you stood with Sammy and I today as sisters. And I just want to thank you for doing that. So if you want to find more about Sammy, um, again, as I told you in the before, she her makeup is absolutely on point. Like I was like, Sammy, what did you do? And he's like, I want to be able to do this. Like, girl, I'm telling you. So you can find her on Instagram at Lady Toehead. It's L-A-D-Y-T-O-E-H-E-A-D. Um, again, it's on Instagram at Lady Toehead. I wanted to make sure it was okay with her before I shared information, so that's why I didn't do it um, during the conversation. But I got the A-OK, and she, I'm telling you, like, if you have prom, a wedding, anything coming up, This woman does it to perfection. So you can just tell them on Instagram. So thanks again for joining us. Thanks for standing by our side. And here's to celebrating each other, valuing each other, having self-respect, and honoring our femininity within us with being authentically ourselves. I love you, and I hope you have a gorgeous day. Hi, gorgeous. If any part of this podcast made you go, yes, girl, yes, girl, yes, <laughs> please rate this podcast and leave a review below. This is a sisterhood, and the more we support each other, the more we get to stand together. To test out more booty building workouts, get your free six-day booty transformation guide at bombshellbutlift.com. And in the words of Coco Chanel, you can be gorgeous at 30, charming at 40, and irresistible for the rest of your life. Love you. Have a beautiful day.